Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Dear Saints, I'm going to do things a little differently today. Usually I just focus on one specific text uh, for the day or one line or a few words in one of the lessons. But uh, today I'm going to preach from all of the texts that you heard today. And so I'm going to jump around quite a bit in the sermon. So you'll really have to pay attention and maybe use more brain power uh, for this sermon than you have in the past. So I'm going to start with the Old Testament lesson. And then move to the gospel lesson, and then the epistle lesson, and then end with an account from church history. Okay, so the Old Testament lesson from Ezekiel chapter 34, uh, in verse 6, God says this. He says, my sheep scattered and wandered all over the mountains and on every hill. Over the face of the whole earth, my flock was scattered with no one inquiring and no one searching. Well, what does that mean? It means that God called Israel to be one people, to be one chosen nation, to have one God. And yet Israel didn't do this. They scattered. They broke apart into various factions and sects and scattered throughout the world. Now, it's true that they did scatter and separate physically and geographically. But the separation that God is talking about here is a spiritual separation. They were not just separated from one another as a group, but they were separated from God himself. And that's why the text says that they were led astray by different voices, that is different teachings and doctrines not taught in the Bible, not taught by God. So they wandered away from God into syncretism. Syncretism is the mixing of truth and error, the mixing of different religions or fake religions and the one true religion, Christianity. They fell into outright pagan worship altogether. And that is the scattering that God is talking about. A scattering of the heart away from his word, away from pure doctrine, away from the unity of faith. And they were all going different directions and they're following different idols and ideas and gods. So now uh, that's the image you have in mind that there used to be one flock. Now they're scattered and they're all over the place. The question is, how is God going to fix this? What is his plan to draw them back together? Well, then this is where the Old Testament lesson begins for today. The very first verse from the Old Testament lesson said this. It says, For thus says the Lord Yahweh, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he's among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and rescue them from all the places that they have been scattered. And this is beautiful. Because here, God is not just promising to send a shepherd, but to be the shepherd that finds you and brings you home. He's going to do it himself. And now this is why the gospel lesson in John chapter 10 for today means absolutely everything. It means so much when Jesus' first words out of his mouth there is he says, I am the good shepherd. When Jesus says these words, he's saying that he himself is the promise that God made back in Ezekiel 34. 
Now, that, that is the first thing we get from these words, that Jesus is the good shepherd. That means that Jesus is the Lord. He is Yahweh. He is God. But the second thing is this. How will he bring the sheep back? How is he going to bring all these people scattered out? How is he going to bring them back into one? And then that's what Jesus says next. He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That is how he will restore those who have gone astray through his bitter suffering and death. And if you don't believe me, look at John chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus says this, when I am lifted up, then I will draw all men to myself. (laughs) It is through his death on the cross that God will bring his sheep back through the forgiveness of sins. Now, the only way this can happen uh, is if you hear about it. And this is why Jesus says, look, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. They have to hear about the thing I did. So I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So who are the other sheep? The other sheep are the people who are not Israelites. In other words, those other sheep are you and me. And then he says that the way he's going to make us one flock again is with his voice. They will listen to my voice, that is my word, my teaching, my doctrine. How do we hear the voice of Jesus? Through the preaching of the word. Luke chapter 10, 16 says, Jesus tells his disciples, whoever hears you, hears me. Whoever hears the preaching of God's word doesn't just hear the voice of a man, but he hears the voice of Jesus, the the Savior himself. And so Jesus says of his own sheep, they will listen to my voice. Now, I'm going to say something that's uh, maybe painfully obvious here already, uh, something you most certainly probably already know, but it's something that needs to be said. To listen to the voice of Jesus means in the first and simplest sense to pay attention In other words, God's sheep pay attention in church. It means they listen to the sermon. It means they put their phones down and they're not on Facebook or Amazon or texting or checking email. It means they're not thinking about other things that they need to get done or checking their watch to make sure that they can get out in time. It means that they're not working on other things or assignments. It means that they're not looking around at other people or their children. It means they're not dozing off or daydreaming or letting the word of God go in one ear and then out the other. To listen means and requires that you pay attention. Now, that's the first thing listening means, but it's not all it means. You can't just say, look, I heard the sermon and I can repeat it back to you word for word. Fine. Look, this is a good start, but it's not everything still. To listen to the word means also to believe it. It means that you hear it and then you treasure it. That you think about these things and you commit them to memory. And you believe them. And then you rely upon what is preached. The word that is preached, you rely upon it, not just for this life or this week, but for your eternal life forever. And it means you not only hear what's being said, but then you hold it, you keep it, you defend it, you cling to it with all your might. Because it's the most costly fortune in the world. So that's what it means to listen to the voice of Jesus. That's what Jesus says. That's how he's going to gather them together. He says, 
I will speak. I'm going to say my, vo- my voice is going to sound out and they're going to hear it. They're going to listen to it, pay attention, and then, then they will be one. <clears throat> okay, now we move to the epistle lesson where the text says this, for you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. And this is a great comfort. Pay attention to the verb tenses. He says, you were straying, but now you have returned. Look, if you're hearing and paying attention to the word right now, uh, once again, the Bible is talking about you. That you were lost, but the Lord found you. That you were straying, and then he brought you back. That you were not listening before, and now you are listening Now, even more, at one point in your life, you strayed into impenitence and unbelief. Maybe that was 20 years ago or a year ago or even just earlier this week. You've all had things and moments that you're ashamed of. You all at one point believed false things about God. You didn't know God rightly. You didn't know true doctrine. And you were lost, devoting yourself to, those, to who knows what, to the prevailing teaching of the day, whatever your heart said. And you were scattered around this world, not knowing which way to go or which voice to follow. And now look at you. Now you do. And now you know God better now than you ever have before. You know his voice and what he says and what he thinks of you. And you know what he did to save you. Look, some of you, some of you used to support maybe even abortion and think that this was simply a matter of choice. But now your eyes are opened and you know that life begins at conception And that each child is fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord who loves them, who knit them together in their mother's womb, and that children are a tremendous blessing from God. Look, some of you maybe despised marriage and refused it and ridiculed this holy estate. But now you see that this is a great and glorious gift from God and defend it. Some of you used to not come to church for years, maybe even decades but now you won't even miss a service or a Bible study. Some of you were too proud to and, and used to defend and excuse and justify your sins, but now look at you, you admit them and you confess them and you repent of them. Some of you used to think you could earn your way, some of you actually used to think you could earn your way to heaven and you labored under the law. You had carried this great and it, it, um, crushing burden of guilt in your heart, not knowing if God, if you would ever be good enough for God, if you'd ever see the Lord and now you know that your salvation is certain because it does not depend upon you. And you confess the gospel clearer than ever, saying that you're saved by grace through faith alone, not your own doing, but that it is the gift of God. You, you used to not listen to Jesus or care about what he said, and now you do. And you know that this isn't because you found him, but because he found you. And he sought you, and he rescued you, and he loved you, 
And just as Jesus found and restored you to his fold, he did the same to everyone else who's in this church too, even to your own pastor. And not just in this church, but all around the world and throughout all time. That the reason any church has any true Christians in it is because Jesus is the one who brought them in. And the way he did it is with doctrine. Doctrine, the the heavenly, holy, and eternal teaching from the mouth of God. That and that alone is how Jesus brought us together into one faith and one baptism and one holy Christian church. As you confess it every, every week. He brought us together, look, not because we have the same love of music uh, or for our love of music or for love of being part of a club of like-minded people or our love for the same aesthetic or the same tradition or the same Midwestern Lutheran culture or things like this. He brought us together through his voice, through the gospel, through doctrine. Let me say this. If you examine yourself and you find that you are here for any other reason except for doctrine, except for theology, the teaching of the word of God, if you're here for any other reason except for that, then you are here, my friend, for the wrong reason. And you are simply put, wasting your time. Of you, Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But if you are here because you, along with St. Peter, say, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Then God be praised because you are here exactly because the Lord brought you here. Now, as I get ready to close... I have one more thing to say. Today, as we are gathered here as sheep before the good shepherd, Jesus went out and found a few more and is adding them to the fold this very day. And they're here today because they heard his voice and they heard true doctrine and they rejoiced. Soon, uh, uh, Jacob and Candace and Kelly will profess their faith before all of you and before God himself. Even more, they are making this public profession of faith on the same exact day that Dr. Martin Luther made his at the Diet of Worms 500 years ago. To, to the day, 500 years ago on, this day, on April 18th. This is when he stood up at the, uh, at the Diet of Worms. And there he stood alone, and on the threat of death, they asked Luther. They said, Luther, do you recant? Do you retract what you do? Take it back. Do you retract what you've written about the gospel, that you're saved by grace through faith alone? And if you don't, we're going to kill you. Okay, that's what they asked him. And they said, we're, we're looking for one word, revoco, which is, I recant. I take it back. But instead, all alone, he stood up before them and then he said, Since then, your serene majesty and lordship seek a simple answer, I will give it in this manner. Unless I'm convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, I am bound by the scriptures that I have quoted, and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not retract anything 
since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Amen. And now 500 years later to this day, you three will stand and make the same profession of faith. And you'll stand here this day and confess that Holy Scripture does not contain the Word of God, but that Holy Scripture is the Word of God. You will confess that salvation is found in no other name but the name of Christ the Lord. You will confess that everything the Bible says about your baptism is true. And that everything it says about the Lord's Supper is true. And you'll confess that hell is real, that the wages of sin is death, and that we are all by nature deserving of this. And yet you will also confess that not one of your works could ever save you from it, but that the Lord himself, when he died on the cross and laid his life down for you, when he poured out his soul through his wounds, that that is the reason, that is the thing that saves you forever. And that is the free gift of God. Uh, This confession is the confession that we've all made here. And this, what you'll say here today, will come at a price. But from what you've told me, it is a price you're willing to pay. You've weighed the cost of persecution, of slander, of strife and difficulty and the shame of being ostracized for what you're about to say here today. And yet you have found that what you will gain in Christ far outweighs anything that you will lose in this life. So God be praised because he sought you and he found you and he brought you home. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And that is why all of you are here today. All of you who have faith in this word are here today, not by your own reason or your strength, but because the Lord Jesus called you by the gospel. God be praised. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.